The following is a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. This is AHA Business Radio, creating AHA moments for business, by business, and about business, providing opportunities to discover information to help you run your business and guide your decision making. The more you know, the better decisions you make. AHA Business Radio is produced by Alan Hirsch Advisors. For more information, log on to ahabusinessradio.com. To join in tonight's conversation, call 410-481-1300. Now, here's your host for AHA Business Radio, Alan Hirsch. Uh, good evening. Welcome to tonight's show. My guests in the studio are Russell Berger and Sarah Sawyer, and they are attorneys at Offit Kerman. And we're going to be spending most of this evening talking about the new state uh, paid sick leave bill, which, as I as I understand it, actually took effect on Sunday, or for most businesses, just yesterday, Monday. Right. Right. Uh, the Maryland Healthy Working Families Act is now a law effective as of February 11th. So what is the law? Let's start with really what is it? Uh, and let's start with those general, you know, general requirements and what's, what, what's the law entail? The, at, at its very base, the law is pretty straightforward. And what it requires is that all employers in Maryland provide what's called sick and safe leave to their employees. Now, if you have 15 or more employees. I, I, I'm going to ask a question here. I know what sick means, <laughs> but what are they? What is the intent by the word safe? Because there are people out there that might not understand it. So safe leave is uh, the so included in the sick and safe leave is what you conventionally think of as sick. So if you yourself or a family member has mental, physical illness, injury, um, need to obtain medical care, go to a doctor, things of that nature. Um, also, maternity or paternity leave is also covered here. But safe leave covers absences from work due to domestic violence, sexual assault, or stalking, where the leave is used to obtain related medical or mental treatment, services from victim service organizations, or legal services. So, so it's, a, it's a protective, it's a, it's a protective uh, part of the act. That it's not just sick, but it's, it's also affecting and we might talk about that a little bit tonight, too, with what's going on in, in our nation with harassment. But it's all those kinds of issues. Uh, you know, we have the situation in the White House with the uh, uh, accused uh, uh, wife beater or whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, so and that might be to help them get the opportunity to protect themselves, whether it's a court order or, or whatever it is. That's what you're talking about. Safe. Yes. Safe leave. OK. Yeah. Things things involving domestic violence and, and those issues. So um, it, it's not just the conventional, I need to go to the doctor, my kid's sick. Right. Um, it's also including including protection for, for the employee. So, so um, I wonder, Relocation services, anything like that, too. People moving because of domestic violence issues. But, it, but it's, a, it's, it's an opportunity to make sure that employees have an opportunity to take care of themselves, yeah. not just for being sick. But, and, but things that might be impacting their both mental, mental, mental and physical health. Yeah, so it's, it's a combined package of, of care, from, as, as the legislators have, se- legislators have seen it, is uh, not just to take care of one's physical health, but also other issues they may be going okay, through. Okay, thank you for that, because I, I was wondering what that, that entailed. So what, what businesses... You you know what are some of the general requirements that this new law is requiring businesses to uh, put into effect? So it, again, you know the the simple rule is that you have to provide leave for these you know, enumerated purposes that we're generally calling sick and safe leave. And if there's 15 or more employees at the business, the sick or safe leave has to be paid. If there are less than 15 employees in the business. The employees, you know, even if there's only one employee, the employee still gets sick or safe leave. It'll just be unpaid. Or so 15 or more unpaid. employees needs to be paid. Right. And we'll go into more details about that. But those with uh, 14 or less or less than 15 uh, are entitled to the sick or safe leave, but it does not have to be paid. That's correct. Okay. So how, do you, how does an employer determine 
whether they have 14 or 15 employees? Uh, well, you count. <laughs> well, does it count full-time equivalents? Full-time, I mean, as an employee, if I have uh, 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 10 part-time workers working 25 hours a week. That's 10. That It's not, uh, that's considered 10 employees working 25 hours a week. It's not, you know, if I did my math right, that's 250 divided by 40. It would be, it would be six full-time, approximately six full-time equivalents. So it's not an equivalency that some... Some uh, 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 employees' law require, but it is employees, whether part and uh, uh, with certain minimum numbers hours. I would think. Generally, that's correct. So, as a as a general proposition, a part time employee is not going to be excluded from coverage or excluded from counting to the fifteen. Um, there are some enumerated exceptions to the definition of an employee. Well, we, we can cover that later, I want, but, but I was just asking the definition of, uh, because in some laws they talk about, and other laws that I, I can't pinpoint right now, uh, they talk about full-time equivalents. Right. And I just wanted to point that out for the listeners, that it's not a, accounting as if it's full-time equivalents, it's employees, total number of employees uh, that are working in your, in your business. Right. And because I'm a lawyer, I can't just say yes or no. I understand. So I'm going to say that's 99% true. I, I there's think a few I, minor exceptions. I think there's a limit if you're working, what is it, more than uh, less than 10 hours a week or something like that, 10 right. or 12 hours. Uh, I saw from my reading. Uh, uh, yeah, work less than 12 hours a week, I think, is, is the notes that I have. Right. So there's different. And, <laughs> and even those hours, it's a little confusing in the law because there's certain uh, rules about what counts as an employee, but then there's a different rule about when you can accrue sick leave, and so it, it's a little bit, you know, it depends which which part of the rule you're talking about. Well, that's what we're trying to here to, to to explain, and I know no no regulations have been written. It's like the new tax law; there are no regulations, uh, so we really don't. We we think we know. When I had uh, uh, some accountants here a few weeks ago talking about the new tax law, they said, well. This is what we think it is, but we don't know the regulations. And some of the regulations, I guess, by Department of Labor haven't been written for this either. Right. They, yeah, they haven't been, been written yet. The, the um, Labor and – the Commission of Labor and Industry has put out a message to employers saying they're coming. Um, they're, they're in a hurry um, trying to write them as well. Just like employers were faced with such a tight time frame to get ready for this law, they're faced with – a similar tight time frame. Well, they were frame. given basically 30 days from the date the uh, legislature overrode the veto. Exactly. And uh, so they're they're scrambling to try to get, get that together. They have put out a sample poster because um, in the law it has stated that the commission will have a poster for employers to put in their um, offices and their break rooms. And they have put out a sample poster. Um, it clearly looks like a sample um, it's very, very basic, very simple. Doesn't cover all the types of accrual, um, but they they've promised things are coming and that they're going to work with employers to make sure that everyone knows the proper way to so, comply. So, uh, Russell, in, in in addition, or or uh, Sarah, in addition to the sign that must be posted, what else does an employer need to do to make sure that employee the employees? Because I I would think as a former employer. Uh, you'd have to make sure that the employees are aware of the law and how it impacts them. So what else do they do most employers need to do to inform and educate the employees? Number one is posting the notice, the poster. Number two is revising your existing leave policy, or if you don't have a leave policy, creating a leave policy. So there needs to be a policy explaining how this is going to work. Um, Beyond that, an employer then has to actually track the amount of sick leave. So for lots of employers that already provide some form of PTO. PTO? Pay time off. Oh, okay. Um, you know, this could be run concurrently or as part of that, and it's not necessarily a new administrative obligation. But if you don't do that or if you change the way you operate to comply with this law, you're going to have to do something a little bit different in terms of tracking the hours. So – you're talk, you said tracking the hours that of their paid sick leave, but don't, don't – and we'll talk about it when we come back. We're going to go to a break in another 30 seconds or so. 
Uh, but they also have to track, because of the requirements of the law, the number of hours each employee works. Is that correct? Or do they not? Well, for hourly non-exempt employees, they already have to track it for because of other laws. Right. And so, then okay. if you accrue based on the hours worked, then you would use that. If you're an exempt salaried employee, then there's an, an assumption that you work 40 hours per week and you can rely on that without actually having to track their hours work. So, so technically they should be doing it anyway because on the uh, non-qualified, non-what's the term? Non-exempt. Uh, they have to pay overtime after 40 hours, so they have to track it anyway. Correct. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure that because some people have been claiming they, they now have to uh, do something in tracking hours. I've heard a couple complaints that they didn't have to do before. Uh, but that clarifies that. Uh, we are going to go to commercial break. When we come back, I will continue our conversation with Russell Berger and Sarah Sawyer. They're attorneys with Offit Kerman. We're talking about the paid sick leave uh, new law in Maryland. Later in the show, I will have the AHA Business Trivia Contest when winners will receive two movie passes and a gift certificate to the Cena Bistro at the Rotunda. I'm Alan Hirsch of Alan Hirsch Advisors, and this is AHA Business Radio on CBS Sports Radio, 1300 AM. I'm Alan Hirsch, and I believe in making a difference in the lives of others. I help you understand your vision, both professional and personal, discover why you're in business, work with your visions to align them with your why, give you feedback on what is important, and hold you accountable for your decisions. All this so you can improve your life and improve the lives of the people around you. If that sounds like someone you want to work with, give me a call at 443-977-4500. That's 443-977-4500. Looking for a new website for your business? Need some help getting people on your pages? Adventure Web Interactive is your all-in-one website source. Our websites have won multiple awards and recognitions for innovation and design. Choose from services like website design, mobile app development, database integration, SEO, social media marketing, and content writing. Call Adventure Web today for a free consultation at 410-788-7006 or click on advp.com. Search engine optimization can be critical to the success of any business. Every enterprise wants to solve the mystery of SEO. Here are a few facts. Four times as many consumers would rather watch a video about a product than read text about it. 40% of consumers say that video increases their chances of making an online purchase. Search engines like Google and Bing recognize that consumers stay twice as long if your site has video content. Call LWBizFlix at 443-465-8300 to see how video content can drive your SEO upward. Product videos, website introductions, video testimonials, educational videos, explainer videos, you name it. Call LWBizFlix today at 443-465-8300 or check out their website, lwbizflix.com. That's L-W-B-I-Z-F-L-I-C-K-S.com and get your business on track to maximize your SEO. She made us laugh in Cheers and Frasier. She dazzled us on Broadway in Chicago. She entertained us in Madam Secretary. Don't miss two-time Emmy and Tony Award-winning actress, dancer, and singer B.B. Newworth in Stories with Piano at Baltimore Hebrew Congregation's 8th Annual Night of the Stars, Thursday evening, May 10th, honoring community leaders and BHC congregants Harriet and Jeffrey Lakeham. Get great seats available now. Tickets and information at BaltimoreHebrew.org. When a child is diagnosed with a critical illness, their childhood is cut short. The Casey Cares Foundation steps in to provide ongoing and fun activities for everyone in the family when they need it most. Movie tickets, athlete meet and greets, vacations. Join us at our 18th annual Galaxy Gala on Saturday, March 24th, and help us continue to provide little moments and lasting memories for families in your area. For tickets and sponsorship information, log on to caseycares.org. Now back to AHA Business Radio, creating AHA moments for business, by business, and about business. Once again, here's your host, Alan Hirsch. Uh, welcome back to the show. My guests in the studio with me are Russell Berger and Sarah Sawyer. They're employee employment attorneys at Offit Kerman. And we're talking about the paid sick leave law that just took effect yesterday uh, in the state of Maryland. If you have any questions or comments, whether you're an employee or an employer, please, it's all new. It's only, only passed 
30 days or 31 days ago or 32 days ago by the legislature, please give us a call 410-481-1300. Before we go to some of the other parts of the law, uh, we did talk very briefly uh, about the difference, and we, we have, we've had shows before about the difference between exempt and non-exempt. So let's talk, first of all, uh, how they're calculated, and then if you would uh, talk about those particular jobs or employees that are exempt from the law. Because there are some out there, we mentioned one, which was very briefly, working less than, regularly working less than 12, 12 hours a, uh, a week. Right. So if you could start with the, the little bit difference between the uh, exempt and non-exempt employees. Sure. So the law says that you get 40 hours of sick leave per year, or you can be allowed to earn up to 40 hours of sick leave per year. Lots of employers provide more than that, but this is the minimum threshold set by the law. If you're a non-exempt employee, which means you're an hourly employee, your uh, accrual rate of this sick leave has to be at least one hour for every 30 hours worked. That's true of exempt employees as well. But for non-exempt employees, as we were talking about before the break, you actually are tracking the number of hours. So if someone works uh, 45 hours in a week, you know that you owe them 1.5 hours of sick leave for that week. Um, In contrast, with respect to exempt employees who don't typically track their time, they're assumed to work 40 hours per week. And therefore, you would base your calculation off of that assumption without actually having to track the hours. The one caveat to that is if an exempt employee regularly works less, and I think, I don't know exactly what that threshold and what that test is going to look like, but if they regularly Because they haven't read the regulations on that particular issue. Right, you can have us back in six months to address (laughs) all of that. Um, If they're written by then, knowing government, but... uh. But so in any event, that's... So you you have a baseline assumption to work off of for exempt employees, um, and then with respect to the em- employees that this law doesn't apply to, there, as I said earlier, there's multiple definitions of employee within the law. So you start with this broad definition of employee, which includes a couple statutory uh, exceptions that I don't think we really need to get into here, but also include for any purpose under this law, anytime you see employee, it doesn't include someone who's under the age of 18 at the start of the year. So so that would be another carve-out. Well, let's take a break for a minute. I've got a guest, Ed, from Baltimore. Ed, thanks Uh, for calling. I'm doing fine. Thanks for calling. Uh, This is a great topic. I wanted to ask a a real quick question. Please do. Um, Does this affect nonprofits or um, in a religious institution? Uh, Sarah? Does it affect nonprofits or religious institutions? It, it yeah, does. Right. It does. There isn't any specific carve-outs for, for those institutions. It also, there was a lot of testimony uh, on behalf of schools and uh, those, those types of organizations when there was the bill to try to delay the implementation of this law um, because, there, because of the, the tough... W- Time, time frame of implementing those things in those, within those institutions. There was a lot of discussion, I believe, Ed, when the uh, law first came up in the previous legislature and before that about the concern about trying to exempt uh, nonprofits, but they, they were not exempted under the law, as I understand it. So they're okay. they fully covered. Anything else we can help you with? Uh, that's it. Well, you know what? One more question. Go ahead. Oh. While well, we got you. How does it affect um, employees if we have uh, seven full-time employees and maybe four part-time employees? Um, that still is it still look on anything unfortunate? You have to make a, I guess you have to let them know that they're eligible for unpaid sick leave. Correct. Yeah, you have no obligation to offer paid sick leave because you're under 15 employees. However, they are entitled to 40 hours of unpaid sick or safe leave. Um, The alternative for you is to provide unlimited sick or safe leave, and then you don't have to worry about tracking it because it never expires. Frankly, I think there's some problems with doing it that (laughs) way. But these these people tend to, as a a former employer, people tended to uh, take it whether or not they earned it. We actually set up a policy when I was in uh, in business, when I was running my businesses, 
uh, something that I don't know how affects this law. But if someone at the end of the year hadn't take, they had a choice to accrue the sick leave they didn't take mm-hmm. or get paid a bonus for the amount of time they didn't take as a bonus. So they got paid, really got paid for the same they got paid twice for the days they did work because I got I as an employer I got work from them whether right. whether it's so that it gave them incentive not to take it unless they really needed it but that's not covered within the law that I know of anyway Ed thank you for your calls and your questions appreciate it thank you very much uh, so anybody else wants to give us a call 410-481-1300 so I have no idea how that affects the <laughs> The accumulation within the law, uh, because uh, and we'll talk. What happened? And I'm jumping because he raised the. I raised the question. What happens if you don't use it in the the 40 hours in a year? Can you accumulate it? That's really going to depend on what method of accrual you're using. There's two options. You can either have employees accrue it one hour um, per 30 hours worked throughout the year. Or you can give that time to them up front. And so you can say, you know, they're going to accrue over the course of the year, based on the hours I anticipate they're going to work, they're going to accrue five five days, 40 hours. So I'm going to give it to them January 1st for them to use within that calendar year. If you use that that method, you don't have to allow them to carry it over to the following year. Um, however, if you use the first method I mentioned where they're accruing it throughout the year, you do have to um, allow a certain amount of carryover to the next year. However, to also to your point about the payout, there isn't anything in the law requiring uh, that requires that it be paid out upon termination um, or be paid out at the end of the year. Okay. So, and that would be 40 hours would be eligible to be carried over if you go with the accrual method. Okay. So it's earn 40, carry over, you're eligible to carry up, carry over up to 40. If you front load the 40, then there is no carryover because the next year you're going to start January 1 with 40 hours. So the legislature has deemed that sufficient. Uh, unless, say, the business owner wants to provide additional benefits right. to and the employee. And, and that's that. anything over that is not, the, not within the law. It's within the discretion of an employer. Right. And many employers already do something in excess of this. So the law came out and they said, well, I already provide 120 hours of PTO and we don't really care what they use it for. Do I have to provide more more hours? And the answer to that is no, but you have to revise your policy. You have to make sure you're accruing it or front loading it at, you know, right. sufficient so, with the minimum requirements of the law okay. and everything else that the law would require. And that's, that's where they need someone like you to help them redraft properly the uh, uh, employee handbook. Right. I think this is for employers that already do are generous enough with their PTO. This is just, you know, a a pain in their behinds where they have to administratively comply and they have to, you know, tinker with their policies, but they don't necessarily have to change all that much of substance, if anything. Because, and and I think from statistically, most businesses are giving some kind of, uh, Pete, uh, part-time, you know, uh, uh, time off for, for this anyway. Uh, and it's just really trying to codify for those that have really have not been taking care of them and helping their employees. Well, and where I've seen this impact our clients is in the first year of employment. So a lot of clients will have that they give above and beyond the 40 hours in their PTO policies already. But the first year... They don't have anyone accruing any time or so their probationary period might be a year. It might be six months, which at this point under the law, the probationary period has to be 160 days. 106 days. 106 days. I'm sorry. I'm saying 106. Uh, 106. 106. Not 160 days. Yes. 106 <laughs> days um, or less. And so I've, I've seen that's been a, a point for a lot of clients where they have to revise that first calendar year of employment or that first first year where they're not giving people as much time as they need to under under the new law. Right. Well, we didn't finish answering the question, but we'll finish that when we get back from the uh, 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 next break. Uh, and I'll continue the conversation with Russell Berger and Sarah, Sarah Sawyer. 
I said baker, it's burger. See, you've caught, you've caught my 160, 106. Yes, yes, issue. I know. I've, I have it all the time. <laughs> uh, one of these days, I have, to put, I have to put my teeth back in straight, then I'll get, them, get it all straight. But anyway, uh, they're attorneys with Offit Kerman. We've been talking about the paid sick leave law in Maryland. I'm Alan Hirsch, and this is AHA Business Radio on CBS Sports Radio, 1300 AM. All right, this traffic report is brought to you by CC's. There are still major delays on the inner loop from Arbutus to Catonville and then from the Baltimore National Pike to Woodlawn, the outer loop from Park Heights Avenue all the way down to Dogwood Road. The inner loop packed again above Baltimore from the Harrisburg Expressway to Lock Raven Boulevard, so is the Fort McHenry Tunnel going north as well as 895 at Brooklyn. 29 is packed heading up from Columbia Town Center to Ellicott City, so are both sides of 295 at 32 going north past 100. It's the same out of Annapolis on 50 that's heading east to Ritchie Highway coming down 97 through Millersville. At CC's, if you don't see what you want on the buffet, you can order your own personal pizza. There's thousands of ways to customize it your way, and it's included with your buffet for just five and change. Only at CC's, dining only, price may vary. Restrictions apply. With your traffic, I'm Nathan Scott on CBS Sports Radio 1300. I read the Baltimore Business Journal, and so should you. The BBJ is the region's leading business-to-business news organization. If it relates to business, the BBJ has it. Learn who is growing, what your competition is doing, who the movers and shakers are and how to reach them. Visit BaltimoreBusinessJournal.com for breaking news throughout the day. Sign up for daily newsletters. Follow your favorite reporters as they break news via online stories and Twitter. And read the paper each Friday for a deep dive into the stories that matter most. Is your website up to the new Google standards? If it has been a while since your website has been updated, you could be missing out on valuable traffic because potential clients can't find you. At Adventure Web Interactive, our web designers can update your site by optimizing it for search engines and maximizing user experience. Contact Adventure Web today at 410-788-7007 for a free website analysis or visit us on the web at advp.com. The Baltimore City Chamber of Commerce is your voice in the Baltimore business community. Our mission is to help our members create lasting partnerships throughout the city and the region by making resources, information, and networking opportunities available to our members. For more information on how to get involved in Baltimore City Chamber of Commerce or to register for one of our upcoming events, visit us at BaltimoreCityChamber.org. That's BaltimoreCityChamber.org. Did you know that in 2015, there was over a billion dollars in theft? Construction sites are being targeted for their copper and equipment. Personal injury claims for retailers are up 74%. Your employees spend two-thirds of their day shopping online and using social media. SOS Tech Group offers comprehensive surveillance solutions to battle this growing epidemic. Call 410-559-7020 or visit sostechgroup.com for more info. Join Girl Scouts of Central Maryland for their annual Distinguished Women's Award celebration Wednesday, April 18th at the Center Club. This event will honor five local businesswomen for their outstanding civic and professional accomplishments. For tickets to this unique networking event, which includes a live and silent auction to benefit leadership programming for local Girl Scouts, go to gscm.org or call 410-358-9711. I-95 Business Magazine delivers direct access to business executives, decision makers, and professionals in Baltimore. I read every issue, so should you. It presents valuable and relevant stories, provides insights and ideas, and profiles successful and remarkable CEOs. It connects professionals with businesses. I-95 Magazine tells stories. Let it tell yours. Find it at i95business.com. Now back to AHA Business Radio, creating AHA moments for business, by business, and about business. Once again, here's your host, Alan Hirsch. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Uh, again, my guests are Russell Berger and Sarah Sawyer. They're attorneys at Offit Kerman, and we're talking about Maryland's new Paid Sick Leave Act. If you have any questions, please give us a call, 410-481-1300. Uh, I've asked the question a number of times. We've gotten off track. Uh, so what kind of employees are exempt uh, or don't, aren't, aren't, don't qualify because exempt and non-exempt is another part of employment law? 
don't are are those for which you do not have to accrue sick leave or and safe leave under this law. So, in addition to the general definition of employee, as we've talked about it previously, uh, this section of the law cuts away a few more uh, layers. So, the law does not, even though the definition of employee is broader, and I think it has to be broader for counting to fifteen purposes, uh, the law does not apply, which means. Employee, these, this category of employees does not get any benefits, and that would be employees that regularly work less than 12 hours in a week, uh, employees that are employed in the construct, construction industry and are covered by a bona fide collective bargaining agreement. Um, and by bona fide collective bargaining agreement, I think the law is referring to uh, a CBA that actually waives the requirements of sick and safe leave. You're so, talking about a, a union unionized uh, uh, whether it's plumbing union, carpenters union, they're they're negotiating on behalf of the the members that that policy. So they they they're exempt from this law. Right. And the and in the collective bargaining agreement, which is the agreement between the union and the employer, they've expressly agreed to waive the application right. of this law, which I don't think any collective bargaining agreements like that exist. As of today. They, right. They don't. Um, I could always ask my daughter who works for a labor union, but. <laughs> well, may, may, again, maybe it's in six there. months. It might, might, might be there, but okay. And, and then the third category of uh, workers that that are not eligible to accrue any leave or use any leave under this law uh, would be uh, workers that work on an as-needed basis in health or human services industry. And even on top of that, there's a whole list of further conditions about you know whether they can accept or reject the shift and whether they're temporary and and that's something that um, I think we're gonna have to see what the regulations regulations say. are now I see uh, an exemption for real estate brokers and uh, some people like in, in special uh, independent contractors I guess because they're independent the contracting company or the individuals has to take care of their own sick leave Right, they're they're not an employee. employee. Right, I understand that, but you, you never know what a law might say. It might not. It might not leave it out, and there's a big question there. Right, on yeah. some of those things. Yeah, the de- I mean, different as we're learning, the definition of employer and employee can vary from law to law, and it's not just as intuitive as oh, I work for that person; they're my employer. Right, right. Now, my my wife is a uh, independent contractor. And she's always saying, you know, I have to go to my office and it's not her office <laughs> or, you know, uh, the company I work for. She doesn't work for the company. She works for herself or her. But anyway, it and it depends on those kinds of definitions that uh, uh, and, and how then the regulations. And I know the regulations are uh, are always out there waiting to be written and rewritten. But anyway, uh, one of the other things we talked about during the break that we hadn't covered is and it's confusing to me, so I'll stay out of this part, is the caps, the caps on coverage and what it means and how it's calculated. Right. And I think part of the confusion with the caps is in the law itself, they're written a little bit backwards and there's some negative, double double negatives used that makes it a little unclear. (laughs) But with that being said, there's a couple of different rules that we're pretty confident in. Uh, Number one, employees can be capped at earning 40 hours of sick leave per year. So if you do the math and you accrue sick leave over the course of the year at a rate of one hour for every 30 hours worked, if you're a full-time employee, that means you hit the 40-hour cap in July. That's that's okay. You stop accruing at that point. Um, another cap is with respect to the total bucket of sick leave. That You can limit that, assuming you have the right language in your leave policy, to 64 hours uh, at any point in time. And so if you only accrue 40 hours in a year – of sick leave and the cap is 64, you might wonder, how, well, how do I hit 64? Right. I was going to. So, sorry for stealing your question. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, it's, so, you, know, so, you know the answer. Go ahead. I don't. <laughs> so the answer to that is, you know, if you work the first year, you earn your 40 hours and you don't, and you were in the accrual method, so it has to be carried over, you're eligible to then carry over your full 40 hours. So you start year two at 40 hours, and you start working and accruing again in year two because you're in a new year. You hit the 64-hour threshold at some point in the spring, uh, assuming you're a full-time employee. Now you've hit 64. You stop accruing because you've hit the 64-hour ceiling on total sick leave. However, if you take a day sick leave and you go back down to 56 hours, then you start accruing again, um, and you can go back and up and down like that 
with the total cap being 64 and the annual cap of earning being 40. However, you can never be limited. You can, you're always eligible to take at least 64 hours of leave in a year, provided you've earned it. So, and but that, I think you said something at the break. That's for those who give the 40 hours up front. Hours, hours. I have this backwards. That's, that's the opposite. That's for the for the employers who do the accrual method, where their employees are accruing the leave throughout the year. If you give it up front, and I've I've had several clients take this option because. They just say, it's simpler. I don't want people using 64 hours in a year. I want people to use 40. And I'm fine with giving it to them up front. 40 hours, January 1st. Use it that year. If you don't, it's gone. You get another 40 on January 1st. So in that method, you don't have to carry over. And so you don't you don't get to the 64 okay. caps. So it's the... Just make sure I understand it because hopefully the people out there, and then please correct me, I've been corrected before if I get it wrong. So if you give the 40 hours up front, so for example, a new employee works after 106 days, they're qualified. You could have them immediately take the 40 hours, be eligible for the 40 hours of, of uh, sick and uh, safe leave, and then you can ne- they never have the opportunity to c- accumulate it uh, in the following year over the 65, is that what you're, or January 1st each year, they can take it, they could take it all in the first, they could take the week off in January, uh, and they, but because you're no longer accumulating it, they don't get the extra time the following year. Right. The, the benefit of the front load method where you give the 40 hours up front is you give the 40 hours up front, you don't have to worry about the accrual math. Um, and you don't have to worry about carryover. So you get 40 hours January 1, they use it however they use it. If they, you know, if it's an existing employee and they're eligible to use it on January 1 and they blow through it right away, they blew through it right away. And then the downsides is they, one, they blow through it number right away, or two, they leave after three months and having used it. And so it's not been proportional over the year, but that's the, you know, that's the pluses and minuses of, right. of an employer's decision of how to, uh, apply the uh, uh, sick and sick and safe leave. So, so the flip side to that is, if you do use the accrual method, n- you know the employee earns it over the course of the year. They don't get all this uh, leave up front. The employer doesn't take that risk. But as a negative, a, a consequence of that, the employer has to l- permit carryover, and um, this is particularly problematic for lawyers. Uh, they have to do math. So. <laughs> Put systems in place. Yeah, the, 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 most business owners shouldn't be doing their own math anyway. They should have people doing it for them. Not their, yeah. You know, the, the law for the lawyers, the math by the accountants or bookkeepers or someone that does it. They, they, they're wasting their time and money if they're doing the numbers themselves. But anyway, that's that's what I do as a coach. <laughs> so, what else are, are we dealing with here? Uh, what if an organization or a business doesn't comply with the the new law? What are the, what are the obligations? Well, if an employer doesn't comply with the new law, uh, an employee can initiate a claim with the commissioner of labor and industry, and it goes through an administrative process. And at that point, the commissioner is supposed to try to work out a resolution, assuming there's a violation, is going to try to work out a resolution with the employer. Uh, if that fails, the commissioner enters, issues an order, um, a violation with certain penalties. And those penalties would um, automatically include the full monetary value of the unpaid leave, would include, also have to include any actual economic damages suffered by the employee. Um, and it could, and this would be at the commissioner's discretion, uh, it could also include three times the value of the employee's hourly wage for each violation, as well as, and this is the big one, a $1,000 penalty for each employee for which the employer is not in compliance. Is that $1,000 a day or just $1,000? $1,000 per employee. Okay. So if you're totally negligent, you don't have the law at all, you've got 50 employees the commissioner would have the discretion to enter up to a $50,000 penalty against you. Plus three times the hourly wage of the, of the sick leave that they didn't get 
the pay they didn't get for the sick leave. So if they if they took were supposed to get forty hours, five weeks, and they their 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 pay is uh, very easy, you know, twenty dollars an hour. They it's uh, eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred bucks times three. It's twenty four hundred dollars per employee as well. See, he can do math. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As long as you keep it multiples uh, and, of forty, I, and uh, well, that's the hourly. But I do. I've passed the. Uh, Got to go back to our, our next commercial break, and when we come back, I will be continuing this conversation with uh, Russell Berger and Sarah Sawyer, and I will have the Aha Business Trivia Contest. I'm Alan Hirsch of Alan Hirsch Advisors, and this is Aha Business Radio on CBS Sports Radio, thirteen hundred AM. In the digital world, first impressions are everything. If your site is slow or outdated, you could be missing out on valuable business. The team at Adventure Web Interactive is ready to help you bring your website up to date so that you can reach new audiences and convert more leads. Contact Adventure Web today at 410-788-7007 for a free website analysis or visit them on the web at advp.com. Save up your appetite for the 7th Annual Taste of Pikesville. Wednesday, March 21st at the Suburban Club in Pikesville. This casual night of food, festivity, and fun will feature signature dishes from 45 restaurants, along with complimentary beer, wine, and cocktails, music, and other surprises. Proceeds will support the Baltimore Hunger Project and the Pikesville Chamber of Commerce. For tickets, visit tasteofpikesville.com or call 410-484-2337. At Offit Kerman, we do things differently. Clients choose us because we understand business and we're innovative problem solvers. We are attorneys who help business owners excel in both their professional and personal lives and in the most productive and cost-effective manner. That's what makes us the perfect legal partner for maximizing and protecting your business value and individual wealth. We are a full-service law firm. We are off at Kerman. How can we help you? The Baltimore Business Journal invites you to take a look at the open nominations for our 2018 awards, including Best Places to Work, Tech 10, Best in Real Estate, Best in Finance, CFO, and two new awards, CEO of the Year and the Power 10 Awards, and Leaders in Diversity. Hurry and nominate before the deadline at bizjournals.com backslash Baltimore backslash nomination. The Maryland Construction Network is an innovative construction association representing the entire construction community. With premier networking events, relevant educational programs, and unique and creative ways to market and promote your business. The question is, why not the Maryland Construction Network? It's affordable and it's effective. As a business coach, I recommend that you check it out for yourself. Visit mdconstructionnet.net to learn more. That's mdconstructionnet.net. When a child is diagnosed with a critical illness, their childhood is cut short. The Casey Cares Foundation steps in to provide ongoing and fun activities for everyone in the family when they need it most. Movie tickets, athlete meet and greets, vacations. Join us at our 18th annual Galaxy Gala on Saturday, March 24th, and help us continue to provide little moments and lasting memories for families in your area. For tickets and sponsorship information, log on to caseycares.org. The Maryland Construction Network is an innovative construction association representing the entire construction community. With premier networking events, relevant educational programs, and unique and creative ways to market and promote your business. The question is, why not the Maryland Construction Network? It's affordable and it's effective. As a business coach, I recommend that you check it out for yourself. Visit mdconstructionnet.net to learn more. That's mdconstructionnet.net. When a child is diagnosed with a critical illness, their childhood is cut short. The Casey Cares Foundation steps in to provide ongoing and fun activities for everyone in the family when they need it most. Movie tickets, athlete meet and greets, vacations. Join us at our 18th annual Galaxy Gala on Saturday, March 24th, and help us continue to provide little moments and lasting memories for families in your area. For tickets and sponsorship information, log on to caseycares.org. Now back to AHA Business Radio, creating AHA moments for business, by business, and about business. 
And now it's time for tonight's AHA Trivia Question, where you can win great prizes from the AHA Business Radio Show. Call 410-481-1300 if you know the answer. And now with tonight's AHA Trivia Question, here's your host, Alan Hirsch. Uh, February 11th, which is the date this law went into effect, is also designated as the National Inventors Day. Fittingly, it is the birthday of what great American inventor? So, who, what great American inventor was born on February 11th? If you think you know the answer, give us a call, 410-481-1300. And the caller with the correct answer will receive two movie passes and a gift certificate to the Cine Bistro at the Rotunda. Uh, while we wait for callers, I hope we, we get one. Uh, I'm talking to Russell Berger and Sarah Sawyer. They're attorneys at Offit Kerman, and we're talking about the new Maryland law uh, on sick leave, which actually took effect on the same day of National Inventors Day. Uh, and there are a couple things we, we haven't covered, uh, which I want to talk about is the requirements of record keeping for the employer. So what, are they, what kind of records do they need to keep? This isn't that different than the payroll record keeping requirements, which obviously are covered by different laws. But in this context, employers must keep records of the sick leave accrued and used uh, for at least three years. So you want to be able to track this going back at least three years. Um, failure to do so, you know, if the commissioner comes in and investigates a potential violation, if you don't have records, the commissioner is going to assume you violated the law. And it's a presumption. So the law cooks in a presumption that if you don't have records, you're in violation. Uh, as a practical matter, without records, it would be pretty hard to overcome that presumption. Because what evidence are you going to point to to show, oh, no, we did this right? I remember. Um, you know, that's not really going to fly. So, Particularly when most people in a defense would say, I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> as lawyers, you understand that. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember anything. Right. So Very, very forgetful. <laughs> right. uh, but anyway. Um, but in addition, you know, there's civil penalties. Some of the penalties and some of the discretionary um, fines that the commissioner could implement um, may be forgiven or or prohibited in the event that a record key an issue exists because of a record keeping problem caused by a third party and by that I'm basically referring to a payroll provider you know the company that is supposed to be tracking all this or on even a, I guess even an outsource uh, 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 bookkeeper type of thing someone that's that's doing the payroll and keeping track of everything for the company right as long as it's a third party, party. it's external to, to your company and, right. and in a lot of respects I think it's important in addition to you know talking to attorneys to make sure your policies are correct I think it's also important for employers to talk to their payroll co providers to the extent they outsource that um, so that their methods of of calculating and accruing and sh and you're also obligated to show um, these balances either on the wage statement or on a computer, an online portal. Lots of big payroll companies have them available. But you have to make um, this information, the amount of sick leave available to use to the employee, you have to make that available to the employee. We do have a caller for the uh, uh, trivia question. Uh, Jacob from Pikesville. Hi. How are you? Good. Is it William Ackley? No, you're, no it is not. But thank you very much for calling. Uh, uh, so that's the record keeping. There's also, uh, a, as I understand it, a uh, notice, and I don't know if this is notice to employees and what kind of notice. We talked a little bit about the poster that's there, but what other kind of notice provisions are required for the company? So this is notice coming back the other direction. So, ah. lo so lots of employers will say in their existing leave policies, if you want to take leave, you have to give us two days notice, a week's notice, two weeks notice, now, all sorts of different requirements depending on the type of leave. What this law says is if with respect to sick and safe leave, if it's a foreseeable absence, i.e. you plan a doctor's appointment, you know, a couple of weeks from now, you have to the employer can require that the employee give at least seven days advance notice. However, uh, if it's an unforeseeable absence, which a lot of what sick leave covers is you wake going, up with the flu. Right. I mean, most people don't plan to be sick a week from now. Especially so, not three times in 2018. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but so if it's an unforeseeable absence, the law says notice must be provided to the employer as soon as practicable. And 
practicable is a word that I think only lawyers use. Um, I think it pretty much means as soon as possible, <laughs> but but we have our own fancy lawyer word for it, uh, and and that's what the requirement is. Yeah. Before I go with the the next question, just remind the listeners out there: the trivia question is uh, February eleventh is a National Inventors Day. It is fittingly the birthday of what great American inventor? Give us a call, 410-481-1300, if you know the answer. Uh, one of the other provisions is verification. So what does that mean, and what is it? Verification is another aspect that's the what kind of documentation or notice an employee has to provide the employer. And a lot of employee employers have had policies in the past where they require doctor's notes and certain documentation from employees when they're taking sick leave. Under the under this law, if an employee takes leave for two or more consecutive days or shifts, a employer can require that they provide a verification that they actually use the leave for one of the enumerated reasons in the law. Um, also, if an employee is to use the leave um, after right after the probationary period is over, so the probationary period can be up to 106 days. And from days 107 to 120 of employment, an employer can also, if, if someone uses their sick and safe leave during that time period, so right after they're um, done with their probationary period, the employer can request verification that the leave was used for proper purposes. The caveat on top of that is the employee has to agree to that 107 to 120 day provision at the time they're hired. So that really becomes part of it. Again, it needs to be in whatever documents you have an employee uh, sign that they understand, which is usually an employee manual. So again, that has to be uh, either terms of employment, an employee manual, whatever it is that they have to know and understand what what the provisions of the uh, employer's policies are. Yes. And also, if... In that policy, you include that language. Um, and then also as a remedy, if a employee fails to provide verification, that the employer can deny future sick leave requests for the same reason. So um, that's that's another thing built into the law as, as a remedy um, if the employee fails to do so. And that language should also um, – I, I, recommend including that language yeah. as well and, and communicating as much as you can with the employee um, what, what's expected. And Does, is the em, employer required to maintain or communicate regularly with the employee as to how much sick leave they might have left? Yes. And that there's two ways you can satisfy that obligation. One is you put it on the pay stub the wage statement, the earnings statement, whatever you call it, it goes on there where lots of leave balances already appear. Um, or you can satisfy that obligation by, like I said earlier, putting it on um, an online portal. So if you have a major payroll company, you have this online portal with all your benefits and information, you can put that information there but, as but, well. But even if they don't have more online portal or in the paycheck, then they have to provide some other method to allow the employees to know what sick leave they still have left. Right. What, what are those forty hours they have left? Right. So you could you could create your own document. You could hand it to the employee. But you are required to have a document, and you'd have to do it as frequently as you pay the employee. Okay, so that's why putting it on the wage makes, statement makes, makes some sense. Actually, so it has to be every week or two weeks whenever they are they're paid. And, Correct. And as Russell had mentioned earlier, a lot of a lot of our clients and a lot of companies have payroll companies that they use or outsource um, record keeping and. A lot of those payroll companies may already provide this right. this access to this information. Um, and that's something I've definitely found with a lot of our clients is that the payroll companies. Yeah. Are. Well, we've run out of time. I thank you both very much, uh, Russell and Sarah, for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, thank you again for being here. I've enjoyed it. I've learned something about the new law. I hope the listeners out there have. How can any of the listeners out there reach you if they have some issues where they want their handbook rewritten or more more information about this this or anything else to do with employee law? Reach me at 410-209-6425 or by email s-s-a-w-y-e-r at offitkerman.com. And I'm happy to help and thank you for having me. Mm. I'm available at 
209-6449. My emails are burger, that's R-B-E-R-G-E-R, at offitkerman.com. And um, I'd also invite people to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there as Russell Burger. That's probably the best way to connect with me because I push out a lot of updates on sick leave and uh, that'd be a good place to find me. Well, thank you both again for being here. I want to thank my producer, uh, Logan Levy. To, without Tim here, I wouldn't know how to do the show. So thank you. Also, please join me next Tuesday at 6 p.m. when I have my next CEO Spotlight Show while I'll be uh, highlighting four local business owners, among them Carol Stouffer of Adventure Productions, uh, Ozzy Rosenblum of Remsource, and Robert Dawson of 360 Your Business. I'm Alan Hirsch of Alan Hirsch Advisors, your host. To reach me, call 443-977-4500 or visit my website, www.allenhirschadvisors.com. This has been AHA Business Radio on CBS Sports Radio, 1300 AM. I-95 Business Magazine delivers direct access to business executives, decision makers, and professionals in Baltimore. I read every issue, so should you. It presents valuable and relevant stories, provides insights and ideas, and profiles successful and remarkable CEOs. It connects professionals with businesses. I-95 Magazine tells stories. Let it tell yours. Find it at i95business.com Join Girl Scouts of Central Maryland for their annual Distinguished Women's Award celebration Wednesday, April 18th at the Center Club. This event will honor five local businesswomen for their outstanding civic and professional accomplishments. For tickets to this unique networking event, which includes a live and silent auction to benefit leadership programming for local Girl Scouts, go to gscm.org or call 410 410- Three five eight nine seven one one. I'm Alan Hirsch, and I trust my digital marketing to the experts at Adventure Web Interactive. They have grown my Twitter following by four hundred percent, increased my web views by two hundred percent, and helped me reach new audiences. From content creation to social media management, Adventure Web has been an invaluable partner in helping me maximize my online presence. Contact them today at four ten seven eight eight seven zero zero seven or visit them on the web at advp.com. Save up your appetite for the 7th Annual Taste of Pikesville, Wednesday, March 21st at the Suburban Club in Pikesville. This casual night of food, festivity, and fun will feature signature dishes from 45 restaurants, along with complimentary beer, wine, and cocktails, music, and other surprises. Proceeds will support the Baltimore Hunger Project and the Pikesville Chamber of Commerce. For tickets, visit tasteofpikesville.com or call 410-484-2337. At Offit Kerman, we do things differently. Clients choose us because we understand business and we're innovative problem solvers. We are attorneys who help business owners excel in both their professional and personal lives and in the most productive and cost-effective manner. That's what makes us the perfect legal partner for maximizing and protecting your business value and individual wealth. We are a full-service law firm. We are off at Kerman. How can we help you? Did you know that in 2015, there was over a billion dollars in theft? Construction sites are being targeted for their copper and equipment. Personal injury claims for retailers are up 74%. Your employees spend two-thirds of their day shopping online and using social media. SOS Tech Group offers comprehensive surveillance solutions to battle this growing epidemic. Call 410-559-7020 or visit sostechgroup.com for more info. She made us laugh in Cheers and Frasier. She dazzled us on Broadway in Chicago. She entertained us in Madam Secretary. Don't miss two-time Emmy and Tony Award winning actress, dancer, and singer B.B. Newworth in Stories with Piano at Baltimore Hebrew Congregation's 8th Annual Night of the Stars. Thursday evening, May 10th, honoring community leaders and BHC congregants, Harriet and Jeffrey Lakeham. Get great seats available now. Tickets and information at BaltimoreHebrew.org. The Baltimore City Chamber of Commerce is your voice in the Baltimore business community. Our mission is to help our members create lasting partnerships throughout the city and the region by making resources, information, and networking opportunities available to our members. For more information on how to get involved in Baltimore City Chamber of Commerce or to register for one of our upcoming events, 
visit us at BaltimoreCityChamber.org. That's BaltimoreCityChamber.org. The preceding was a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. CBS Sports Radio 1300 is WJZ Baltimore, WJZ HD3 Catonsville, Baltimore, the flagship station for Towson Tiger football and Towson men's basketball.